What's going on, everyone? Mike here with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially back in session. And welcome, welcome, wherever you are listening from and however you are listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. It would be great if you could please leave us a comment, like, and subscribe, especially if you are watching on YouTube and if you are, are on a podcast streaming service, definitely make sure you subscribe. I am back with my last graduation 2020 episode. If you've been uh, tuning into the last few episodes of ours, we've had previously last week, we had the top 20 songs of 2020. Before that, we had our top Massachusetts songs of 2020. And then the week before that, we did Honor Roll, which was 30 songs that just missed both of those top 20 lists. And today, our final episode of Graduation 2020 is going to be the top 10 albums of 2020. And even though we did the honor roll uh, the first week, that was just songs, uh, this episode will also include some honor roll as well. The first five albums that I'm going to list off are going to be the in the honors section, and then the next three will be in the high honors section, and then followed from that will be the top 10. So kind of structured the same way that we actually did all of the song episodes. So I'm so really excited to dive in today. If you have been tuning in by now, uh, you know you know how I compile these lists, so I'm not going to go through all that again. If you're just coming on to us for the first time, definitely make sure you listen to those or watch, depending upon what platform you use, those episodes, those first three graduation 2020 episodes to find out how did I get here, you know, what's the criteria for making the list, all that good stuff. Before we begin, in addition to subscribing to our YouTube channel and our podcast streaming services, be sure to follow us on our socials as well at Turntable Teachers on Instagram and TikTok. We are about to dive into the honors section of the list, but first, a quick word from one of our local sponsors. If you're a content creator like me, you know you're a perfectionist, especially when working with audio. You want it to be as crisp, clean, and really clear sounding as possible. And if you're an artist looking for a quality sound engineer, you have to check out Mixed by Hex. Hex is a South Shore, Massachusetts artist, producer, and reputable sound engineer, and also the host of our mini-series, Mixing Tips with Hex. Handing your song off to someone can be a scary process, but at Mixed by Hex, they offer multiple pricing plans, all with a specific number of free revisions. That way, you never have to worry about losing your say in the final product. And right now, Mixed by Hex is offering a free sample mix. That's right, you can hear your first mix of your track before even paying a dime. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to www.mixedbyhex.com to get your free sample mix and check out their pricing options and make sure you reference us the turntable teachers in your inquiry now let's get back to the show and i'm going to waste no more time i'm going to dive right into the honors uh, section of this episode uh, not in any particular order obviously the top 10 will be in order but the honors and high honors will just will just be at yeah. random Whoa. and the first album to get honors recognition is big sean with detroit 2 Critical, ain't no time left on the clock. When it's your time, give them something to watch. I picked out the locks till I buy up the block, and I know I'm a gift, but I think out the box, and they want me to stop. But why would I stop? Huh? I am unstoppable. Hold up, why would I stop? Bitch, why would I stop? Chill, chill. I don't jump, I dive in it. Hold up, hold up, hold up. This is the reason I'm alive. I 
thought this album for Big Sean was a major return for him. Really, for me, I think it's his best album front to back. I was super impressed with his beat selection over here, his clever lyricism, and how he managed to get a wide variety of flows and rhyme patterns that are some of the most engaging that you'll hear from a major label rapper in 2020. He also had a really nice wide variety of sounds as well with a lot of hard-hitting hip-hop and trap and even some pop uh, radio mainstream-styled songs. There are a lot of great features on this album with Post Malone, Anderson Pack, Nipsey Hussle, Ty Dolla Sign, Janae Aieko, Young Thug. There's even a great Eminem feature on uh, the Detroit Cypher track, which is fantastic. And there's a boatload of just Detroit artists on that. So that's actually a really cool song. I think one of the major highlights. And the song Wolves with Post Malone made our honor roll. So if you are a returning listener and you heard the honor roll episode, you already know that that made the list. And I thought Big Sean took some risks with this album, especially with the length. Uh, you know, you know, this nowadays, I feel like a lot of albums more EPs coming out lately than like full-length projects especially albums with 20 songs but for Big Sean to achieve quality with this album with having as many songs as he did on here really as it speaks to a testament to his artistry and really where he's grown as an artist like I said overall this is probably my favorite Big Sean album that I've heard so far from him my favorite tracks were Body Language, Deep Reverence, Wolves, Guard Your Heart and Everything That's Missing so once again Detroit 2, I thought, was one of the highlight albums of 2020 and certainly worthy of a honor roll selection. Coming up next, we have G Herbo with PTSD. I turn the news on when I smell death in the air. Also thought this PTSD album from G Herbo was a huge comeback for him. For those of you that aren't familiar with G Herbo, he is a Chicago drill artist, and he's one that I've really been listening to for quite a bit. Uh, he had mixtapes called Welcome to Phazoland and Ballin' Like I'm Kobe back in the early 2010s that really took off. But after that, at least for me personally, I didn't really hear a ton from G Herbo or, or he wasn't really on my radar. It kind of fell off for me a bit until this album. And this was an album that I kind of hit me unexpectedly this year. I didn't think I was going to like it as much. It's really still rooted for him in that drill and some of those trap influences that he's had since early on in his career. But I thought he took it to a completely new level on this one. I think this is exactly the type of creativity that is needed in this type of genre. He achieved some really catchy melodies. I feel like the songs are so much more well put together than what he has done in the past. He uses a lot of amazing classic samples like on Intuition and Feelings. On Intuition, he uses the same sample from Beanie Seigel's I Feel It in the Air. And then on Feelings, he uses Jada Kiss's Still Feel Me uh, beat from that. So I thought that was, again, there was just like a lot of nostalgia for me as well. And Herbo all throughout this album just raps with so much emotion, intensity. His lyricism is very raw, real, and honest. Really talking about the struggles of upbringings in you know uh, poverty-stricken areas and in the streets. And of course, if you know anything about Chicago, you know that that is a really running issue that has been going on in that city for quite a long time. G Herbo sheds light on it in a mature and eloquent way. PTSD, the title track to this album, was in our top 20 songs of 2020. It actually came.
came in at number 20. So if you checked out that episode last week, you already know. Overall, I thought this was just a really great album from G Herbo and was really happy to see him back on the upswing. Uh, really, because I, like I said, I hadn't heard a lot of him in the past. Maybe it was just me being naive and ignorant to, uh, to his work uh, from you know the early 2010s up until now. But I think PTSD is one of his best projects by far. My favorite songs from this album were Shooter, Feelings, Intuition, PTSD, and Death Row. Up next, the next honor roll mention is going to be Tame Impala with The Slow Rush. I did a full in-depth review on Tame Impala's album, The Slow Rush, on episode 26 in our podcast, so definitely make sure you check out that episode to hear my full analysis on this album. But I really just thought this album was really eclectic with a lot of the sounds. uh, Tame Impala uses a lot of synths, psychedelic guitars, keys and percussion. The blends really just kind of, again, make for such a vibrant listen. And really here, it's the instrumentation for me that keep that kept me coming back to this project again and again and again this year. Not to say that Tame Impala's you know, vocals aren't welcomed and aren't a good addition, but they just tend to sort of be an afterthought in, at times. They just kind of seem to add some dimension to the instrumentals. The instrumentals is really, I think, the uh, what shines with this album and again i talked about this record a ton in depth on episode 26 so i won't go too too much in this album right now but again one of my favorite projects really from the year and one that was one of my most played especially with this psychedelic rock genre just makes for a super eclectic listen overall my favorite songs from it were is it true which also made the top 20 songs of 2020 and then i also enjoyed borderline Instant Destiny, Posthumous Forgiveness, and Lost in Yesterday. The next album in the honors section is going to be local MC and hip-hop artist Aristotle Jones with his album, The World is Flat. Yeah! Run it up, turn it the sack till the sun is up. Sipping the jack out a double cup, everyone missing the citizen in front of us. Me, I'm observing, Vez will be swerving. This do you know where I'm coming from? I'm out on boils to toilet. Peace, I'm destroying them. Jones is the number one. This is the second full-length project from Berkeley School of Music student and Boston, Massachusetts hip-hop artist Aristotle Jones. Those of you that know, Aristotle Jones came on to the podcast twice this year. He did a guest speaker episode that you guys should totally check out. He talked about this album a ton in depth when he came on the show. And what I love most about this album is the creativity and the variety. I love all of the elements of rock and alternative, and yet he can go in different directions too, like with jazz-inspired hip-hop tracks, and even some neo-soul and traditional hip-hop. And Aristotle Jones is very impressive vocally as well. He comes with a lot of double-time flows, energetic cadences, and raps with a ferocity that not a lot of artists do, in my opinion. Aristotle Jones is a rising star that deserves all the accolades. He even came in at number 12 on our top 20 Massachusetts songs of 2020 list a couple weeks ago. But past Dynamite, some of my favorite songs from this album as well were Walk Away, Land Rover, Jumpy, and Panic. Lucy Frost was on a couple of those records as well, and she absolutely just did a fantastic job on the hooks. Mary Aoki did a really nice job on, on the hook on Land Rover. Aristotle Jones did a really nice job, too, on some of those songs. You know, him also singing harmoniously with the female vocalist. I thought it just gave so much more depth and dimension to a lot of these tracks. 
And really, I'm excited to see where Aristotle Jones' career goes next. Like I said, I think he's one of the budding stars that Massachusetts has. But again, very worthy of a honor roll selection is The World is Flat. And our final honors selection is going to be another local Massachusetts artist coming out of Brockton, Massachusetts. And this is Garrett Merck with 10 Minutes Late. Yeah. It took a little bit to find myself. I feel like I'm the coldest homie that's by myself, sitting beside myself. Dying bag shit behind my shelf. Y'all know about these handicaps, these banshee raps. I pull up with my Camry flats on flats. I pull up to your bitch wearing suey cokes and dog keep your Louis loafs. This sound like chop suey. Garrett Merck is an artist that I have been listening to for a very long time since actually since I was in college, which a lot of you guys don't know, know like the uh, timeline here, but uh, that was probably for me around six or, six or seven years ago and coming full circle to, uh, to talk about him on not only this episode, but he also made our top 20 Massachusetts songs list as well. He came in at number three with his lead single to this 10 Minutes Late record, which is called Top Flight. That's certainly my favorite song from here. Not to say that the entire thing is a fantastic listen. Really just a backpack style of rap with some boom bap and sample-based hip-hop. If you like that type of music, you will totally love this project. Instrumentally, he adds a lot of keys, percussion, strings, and even some winds. There's some amazing introspective lyricism and catchy flows. Overall, Garrett Mark is another rising, budding star out of Massachusetts. Brockton just is, seems to be breeding a ton of talent. Those of you guys that are a uh, you know our local listeners, you know that Van Buren is out of Brockton as well. But back to Garrett Merck, this album, Ten Minutes Late, was one that I listened to the most. Definitely one of my favorite local albums that I heard in 2020. My favorite songs, including Top Flight, off this project are Chop Suey and A Wall. Once again. Garrett Merck with 10 Minutes Late, very worthy of an honorable mention. And now we have reached the high honors list. So this is exclusively three albums that are going to be in the high honors list. And again, going to you know take a little bit more time to go in a little bit more in depth with these. And they are, of course, not in any particular order. And first up in the high honors section is going to be Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist with Alfredo. Yeah, the revolution is the genocide. Yeah. Your execution will be televised. Don't cross me like Isaiah, that should be ill-advised. Dark horse, rap, black sheep, they got me vilified. Freddie Gibbs is one of my favorite hip-hop artists, really, and really actually one of my favorite artists in general. His album Bandana was actually my number two album from the previous year. Also, his album Freddie with Kenny Beats was an honorable mention for me, an honor roll selection uh, the year prior from 2018. And then before that, he had Shadow of a Doubt and Pinata, which are the two albums that really got me into Freddie Gibbs. And really, this Alfredo album is just next in line with all of these incredible Freddie Gibbs projects that we've gotten over the last half decade this time of course freddie links up with the alchemist instead of uh, kenny beats or mad lib and alchemist production is top notch there's so many incredible sample based hip-hop beats with a range of different samples such as uh, electric guitars and keys and even some horns and freddie just delivery wise is in his pocket the entire album i love his flows metaphors the imagery that he uses and he has a lot of great storytelling and utilizes different cadences in order to portray those stories. Freddie just has it all going for him on this album. He delivers his songs with confidence and grit, which is one of, I think, the highlights 
for me with with Freddie Gibbs and why I, I just gravitate towards him so much. And there's some really nice features on this album too. Tyler the Creator comes in on something to rap about. Benny the Butcher comes in on Frank Lucas. Conway the Machine drops a phenomenal guest verse and Rick Ross as well. Of course, this album probably doesn't beat out Bandana for me, but it's totally worthy of a high honor selection. Just kind of missing the top 10 there, but an album that was one of my most played this year. Kept coming back to it again and again. Of course, Baby Shit was the number seven song in the top 20 songs of 2020 list from last week. In addition to that being one of my favorite songs from this project, I also loved God is Perfect, Something to Rap About, Frank Lucas, and Skinny Suge. So, Freddie Gibbs, The Alchemist, with Alfredo, one of the best albums of 2020. The second selection in the high honors section of this list is going to be Marlowe with Marlowe 2. Extraordinary. Imagine me chilling, throwing dollars at my feelings, trying to mirror what they live in, could have did it, but they just ain't me. Hold back, just in case a brother flip, don't read. Hard pass, got my lane, I remain not the same. Marlowe is comprised of Solemn Brigham, who is the rapper and vocalist. And then La Orange, who is the producer. They really achieve a lot of sample-based old-school hip-hop sounds. They're very creative, quirky. Again, like similar to Garrett Merck, a little bit more backpack-style rap. Solemn Brigham just has incredible command over the mic. And his verses are energetic and extremely engaging, which is, you know, it just makes for such a enjoyable listen. And La Orange's production fits him really nicely, I think. His samples are absolutely incredible. Not saying he's, like, on the level of Mad Lib, or anything like that, Madlib being one of my favorite producers really of all time, but you can tell the inspiration is there with a lot of the ways that uh, Lauren structures his production. Also really seems to take some influence from like producers like Jake Dilla as well. And these guys are just so underrated in so many different ways. And I really think this was an excellent follow-up to their Marlowe, self-titled Marlowe album from a few years back. I probably liked that album just a tad bit more, but still, even still, Marlowe 2 was a phenomenal sequel. Future Power Sources was the lead single from this album, and it actually was one of my top 20 songs as well. It actually made the number 11 spot. And in addition to that, I also really liked Small Business, Other World, Same Team, and Can't Have Me Nothing. If you're an old school hip hop fan and you're not into Marlowe, not sure what you're doing, make sure you go check them out. And they are both repping the North Carolina underground sort of hip hop scene in such a beautiful way. So, really huge shout out to Marlowe as a whole. Great album with Marlowe, too. And the final high honors selection here is gonna be The Kid Leroy with Fuck Love Savage. Yeah. I remember times when I ain't have shit. No food in my crib, now I live laughing. They say they love me to my face, but I can't stand it. That mo they fucking me back then, now they attracted. F and attached to my bro, and he gon' blast it. Don't tell me what I've been through, you don't know. Made it out the mud. Without, without you, I'm good. Did it for my little bro, just to show him one day you could. I did this for my mom, cause I told her one day I Kid Leroy had an incredible 2020, came on really strong, especially in the mainstream. And this was a, an artist and a record, I should say, uh, that I got onto a little bit later after he had dropped Fuck Love. At first, I wasn't too, too crazy on it. I did love the lead single, Selfish, but it's kind of like, eh, this isn't really like my cup of tea normally, so I'm not really going to get into it that much. 
And then he dropped Fuck Love Savage, which was the kind of extension or the second disc to the original Fuck Love album. And when he dropped that, that's when he kind of grabbed me and I was completely floored by that. I think it just plays so nicely through. And now going back, of course, to the original uh, the original album, I, I just love the whole thing. I definitely enjoy that Savage disc just a little bit more. But overall, it's really great, both discs. I think it plays all the way through really great. He just has some really impressive vocal range and delivery. Has a ton of variety on in different sounding beats, ranging from like acoustic to like melodic trap inspired tracks. There's a lot of colorful strings and keys throughout the project. And thematically, there's a lot of elements of just dealing with young love and distress over heartbreak and heartache. Really, I just love how incredibly engineered this entire project is. And the Kid Leroy, I also actually included him as well because I come and came on to him so much with the, with this project. I selected him for uh, what we what we did. We did like our own double uh, XL freshman list. I was an episode a couple months back where I reviewed the double XL freshman list and then gave my own. The Kid Leroy was on mine. And really, one for me, one of the best things about Kid Leroy is he actually made me enjoy an NBA Youngboy song, which he's one of like my least favorite artists of all time. So the fact that I actually enjoyed this song, Tragic, really is a testament to, I think, the talent and ear for beats and melodies that Kid Leroy is, really does have. MGK also has a really great feature on the song Fuck You Goodbye, and I really enjoy Marshmello's production on Feel Something. So, of course, Tragic and Feel Something are two of my favorite tracks, along with Without You, which was the number 19 song in the top 20 songs of 2020 list. Overall, The Kid Leroy, I think, is the next big star in mainstream hip-hop and really mainstream music. And if you haven't listened to him yet, you definitely want to get hip with The Kid Leroy. Fuck Love Savage, easily one of the best albums of 2020 for me. And here we are, the top 10 albums of 2020. We are about to jump right into the episode coming in at number 10. But first, another quick word from one of our local sponsors. Most artists know that studio time can be expensive and difficult to find. And while many artists are now making music in their homes through makeshift studios, your sound quality could still be missing something. That's where QNC Entertainment comes in. Right now, QNC is offering three, six, and 12-hour specials based on your sound engineering needs, as well as independent mixing and mastering services for the low price of just $40 per track. 2021 is a new year, and it's time you got the finished product your music deserves. Head to calendly.com slash QNC ENT to set up your first studio session today. And when filling out the inquiry on their website, make sure you put us, the turntable teachers, in the reference section of your application. Now, let's get back to the show. At number 10, we have Red Shades with Feel the Aura. Uh, uh, already know that I'm hot, making my way to the spot. It's getting heated and steaming, they feeling like I got some coke in the pot. Feel the Aura by Red Shades. Red Shades is actually a local artist as well from Boston, Massachusetts. This is my second favorite local album of 2020. She also is a Turntable Teachers alumni. She came on and had an incredible guest speaker episode with us, talked a lot about the creation of this album. So if you want to go listen to that and, and hear some of uh, some more analysis and breakdown and really hear her testaments of how she created it, definitely go check out that episode. And really what I love most about this album is the incredible variety of different styles of hip-hop, like trap, 
boom bap and even some auto-tune emo rap inspired tracks like Steppin' Out that you'd hear almost like from a Kid Leroy. So Shades can really do a lot of different types of style and styles of music and her talent as an MC and vocalist though is really the best part of this album even beyond the production. She's one of the most engaging artists vocally that you will hear anywhere in 2020. Her song off this album, Elevation with Bakari JB, was the number four uh, Massachusetts song of 2020. The song Recipe, as well as a complete banger. I just love her confidence, her flows, her ferocity on this project. She just talks her shit really with no apologies necessary. And I think Red Shades as well is one of the brightest stars that we have Uh, budding stars that we have as well in the Boston area. My favorite songs, of course, were Elevation, The Recipe, Stepping Out, Old Days, and They Call Me Shades. So huge shout out to Red Shades. Definitely one of the best Massachusetts albums of 2020 and as well one of the best albums overall in 2020 that I heard this year coming in number 10. At number 9, we have D Smoke with Black Habits. I told him I'm the one for the job, no commas. And I'm serious, period, no commas Wanna enjoy my family and my friends with no drama And stack till I'm delirious, period No, no Ain't a dollar sign tag on some piece of my jack Most of you know D-Smoke from Rhythm and Flow Who was the winner of the Netflix series hosted by T.I., Chance the Rapper, and Cardi B He's also originally from Inglewood, California And is Sir's brother, Sir the R&B artist from TDE And shortly after he won Rhythm and Flow, I was really so inspired by D-Smoke because he was also a teacher in Inglewood. Uh, And I actually wrote an article on our website, specifically our blog. So if you want to see like my full in-depth analysis of this album and just him and his rise to fame, totally go and check that out as well. And you can tell that D-Smoke is an educator because he seems as though he strives to educate on this album he talks a lot about the black experience and sort of raising awareness for the discrimination that a lot of black americans do face in this country and he portrays these themes over west coast influence production which is incredible i think he just overall has an amazing ear for melodies and instrumentation which was really showcased on the on the rhythm and flow series especially towards the end and the finales when he was working uh, with uh, producers and really just coming in with BPMs, playing his own melodies on guitar and piano. He's just such a talented artist in so many different ways. I really love the West Coast sounding bangers on this project, like No Commas and Gaspar Yango with Snoop Dogg. But then he has a lot of deeper and more heartfelt cuts on this as well, such as Fly, Black Habits, or Top of the Morning. And D Smoke does a really cool thing as well. If you listen to his music, you already know where sometimes he'll even rap in Spanish, which is super cool. I obviously, and I'm not like fluid in Spanish, I don't really know what he's saying a lot of the times, but I just think it's unique that he can kind of do both. He's just so multi-talented in so many different ways. And overall, I just think D-Smoke has the personality and sound that a lot of people can gravitate towards because of how, not only really how accessible that the music is, but just how eloquent and intelligent that his lyricism and themes are on this album. My favorite songs here were No Commas, Free, which was also on the top 20 songs of 2020. I believe it came in at number 13. And also Black Habits, Top of the Morning, and Fly were some of my favorite songs from this album as well. D Smoke coming in at number 9 with Black Habits, one of the best hip-hop albums, really albums in general, of 2020. At number eight, we have Halsey with Manic. So I 
also reviewed Manic on episode 26 as well. I believe that's the same episode with Tame Impala and Eminem. So if you want, again, my full analysis on Halsey's Manic, go back and check that episode out. But with this album, Halsey really just impressed me with her transparency and her self-awareness of who she is and how she was able to portray that through her music. She wasn't really afraid to share deep, dark secrets about herself or any of her fatal flaws, and she speaks on them with such not only maturity, but also exuberance. And again, she just got really introspective with this one, whether she's talking about her fallacies in relationships or her frustration with her actions within them. She even, towards the back end of the record, talks about like a miscarriage she has. So it just gets really kind of, you know, personal on this one. And you can tell these songs make or creating them meant so much to her just based on the passion and the power that her vocals have. I loved some of the low tempo ballad style songs like Clementine, More or finally and beautifully strange but then she has some nice cool upbeat alternative punk style songs like you should be sad in 3am and then stylistically goes in a different direction as well to more like hip-hop and electronic influence songs like without me the lead single and graveyard i hate everybody is probably the highlight on this record for me it actually made the honor roll if you guys listen to that episode and again that song kind of fits a lot of the reasons why i like it so much she just gets very introspective about like her fallacies of, you know, she hates everybody yet can't leave without somebody. So it's it's like kind of that that contrast of like, I want to be in a relationship, but I also know that I shouldn't be or that I should just work on myself. And even though she's self-aware of that, it's still difficult to shake some of these bad habits that she inevitably, you know, has created for herself. She's not really out here necessarily blaming anybody else. Uh, I believe some of the songs, though, she talks a little bit about her breakup with G-Eazy. Not exactly directly, but you can kind of tell it's inferred. Overall, though, I think Halsey dropped the best mainstream pop record of the year, at least for me. My favorite songs on here, of course, were I Hate Everybody, Without Me, Clementine, Still Learning, and You Should Be Sad. Big shout out to Halsey, coming in at number eight with Manic. At number seven, my favorite local Massachusetts record, of 2020 this is taha with have nightmares about me i got a white in the black hat i'ma kill another red i don't let it go shoot shoot put some white hair on my back got yeah. some stains in my heart yeah. coming in through the tap yeah. 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 Taha is a Shrewsbury, Massachusetts alternative and experimental hip-hop artist. He came onto the podcast twice this year. First was a guest speaker episode where he talked a lot about his first record that came out in 2020 called Breath of the Phoenix. And then the second was his album analysis episode for this album, Have Nightmares About Me, which is the most recent one that he came out with. I also have an article where I'm going to talk really in-depth about this project coming out very soon. Uh, on some other platforms and not, not only just ours so be sure to stay tuned for that and even though this record's only five tracks long he achieves so much in such a short run time if you really like experimental hip-hop like jpeg mafia run the jewels or death grips you are going to fall in love with this record and anyone that knows taha on a personal level you know that he's one of the warmer more empathetic people that you'll find and but on this record particularly it, it portrays a completely different taha which is more a dark tortured soul and really this album portrays what can happen when hate allows itself to fester and really this is just the consequential outcome of a lifetime of discrimination 
Just a little background on Taha, he's actually originally from Pakistan and has had to deal with a lot of his fair share of racism and Islamophobia that goes on in America for a lot of Muslim Americans. And really that's one of the album's major themes and really how it's affected his mental health, his confidence, his anxiety and depression, all of that. Most notably on a song like Steady is where a lot of these themes are present. On that song specifically, I love the vocal sample. I think it's super catchy. And then the instrumental build is just grand and passionate. Nightmares, the title track and lead single, was my number one song from Massachusetts in 2020. It was dark, haunting, definitely one of the most profound songs that I heard all year and that you will definitely hear all year. And then Big Shot could very well be one of the best songs that he has ever created, which is the fourth song on the record, where he describes it as a Blade Runner meets Unforgiven meets Cowboy Bebop in a genre-blending odyssey. And Big Shot is a cyberpunk western about fighting for your life. It is definitely that and more. It's very cinematic, and the lyrical elements of it are moving and thought-provoking. Overall, this album really speaks to how hate and discrimination can deeply affect us as human beings. And really, this album is kind of a response or a therapeutic release for Taha of those emotions. And it just, the, the finished product makes for one of the most unique and outstanding albums that I did here this year. My favorite songs, of course, were Nightmares, Steady, and Big Shot. Definitely go check out this album and support Taha. Have Nightmares About Me coming in at number seven on my top 10 albums of 2020. At number six is another former Massachusetts artist, and this is Millie's with Blanco 3. Look, jumping off the porch, I hit a thousand jugs. Taught to turn one to three when the powder's good. Drug lingo, CMB, that's where I learned it at. Hundred thousand and twenties, that's where I earned it at. Millie's is originally from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Still, still reps Massachusetts, of course, uh, but now resides in New York. I reviewed this album very much in depth on episode 39 with our new co-host, Phoenix Rio, so you definitely want to make sure you check that out. And really, I thought this was Millie's best album yet. There were so many songs that were dark and that were more trap bangers, like Interstate with D the Flyest or Atlantis with Sosa Geek. But then he goes in different directions too, like with melodic, vocal-sampled masterpiece songs like, for example, RLS, which was the number six song for our uh, Massachusetts list. Also, songs like Dead Homies Calling and Between Us are super big highlights here. Overall, I think there's just something here for everyone, every type of hip-hop fan. You're going to find some type of song on here that you are probably going to enjoy. Really, the best part of this album for me is the deep introspective lyricism. He talks a lot about the pain that he's had to endure in his life, the hardship. He also has themes of addiction, mental health, even death. Millie's just really pours himself and his heart into all of these songs. It's so palpable, you can just tell. I love his personality and his confidence here. And kind of similar to Big Sean, it's really difficult, I think, nowadays to pull off a 22-track album with really essentially no skippables. And yet, Millie's accomplishes that in an era where we value a lot tighter, shorter projects. I think that is kind of in, uh, in due to like the oversaturation within the uh, music market. But really, this Blanco 3 project was, again, my favorite from Millie's and clearly one of my favorites of 2020. My favorite songs from it are Rain, RLS, between us, Interstate, and Dead Homies Calling. Huge shout out to Millie's for repping Massachusetts the way that he does. Again, coming in at number six, we have Blanco 3 from Millie's. We've reached the top five. And at number five, we have Kid Cudi with Man on the Moon 3, the chosen one. As he falls back deeper, 
into a state. The return. That's my mind is beating by I'm holding on. Asking God to help him, are you hearing me? Girl is telling me she don't know what she wants. Lot of demons keeping up the living underneath. Oh, thank goodness Kid Cuddy came in and kind of saved 2020, I think, in a sense. Nah, I'm just kidding. I don't think anything could have saved 2020, but Kid Cudi definitely eased the end of 2020, I think, at least for me. Really, this was Cudi's return to form. I think this album was super reminiscent of the first Man on the Moons, which were always my favorite Cudi albums with kind of the spacey, galactic-sounding hip-hop that really made him famous. I think this record, too, even went even a little bit further within that. There was a lot more psychedelic, introspective, and melodic songs on here. And overall, the third installment of Man on the Moon does not disappoint. In fact, it could be my favorite of the three. I think that's a little bit of a recency bias thing. I don't think it's... Now that I'm saying that, I think that kind of sounds silly. I don't think this is better than the first Man on the Moon uh, installment, but I do definitely think this one is better than number two. Cuddy just seems comfortable and more focused than he has in years. The vibes here are infectious. They're brilliantly constructed. I really think it's the best showcase of his a variety of his flows and then those classic proprietary ad-libs that he throws in on most of his songs. I also really love the contrast here. There's some nice lighter sounding songs like Dive and then She Knows This, but then you kind of flip and go a little bit later into the project with some deeper cuts and darker cuts like Heaven on Earth and The Void. And then he has very introspective songs as well, like Lovin' Me, which was an honor roll selection, and then Solo Dolo Part 2. And Cuddy even steps a little bit outside of his comfort zone as well. He tries out a drill-inspired song with Pop Smoke and Skepta titled Show Out that I think ends up working out pretty well. And a bluegrass-inspired track, Elsie's Baby Boy, which is a great song. Overall, Cuddy took a lot of risks on this project, but also stuck to what he does and knows best. I think it was the perfect blend of the two. My favorite songs here were Lovin' Me, Dive, She Knows This, Another Day, and Heaven on Earth. Overall, even though I know it came out somewhat recently, Cuddy, this, this, this album, I just listened to it enough for it to definitely make this list. So, I mean, maybe a month from now, this, this could be higher or lower, but for right now, Number five, Man on the Moon 3, The Chosen One. Definitely top five worthy albums of top 20 for myself. At number four, we got Run the Jewels with Run the Jewels 4. Mastered economics, cause you took yourself from squalor. Mastered academics, cause your grace said you were scholar. Mastered Instagram, cause you can instigate a follow. Shit. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it? Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Look at all these slave masters. A lot of fours here. I'm sorry. This was completely accidental. Didn't mean to put it at four, but uh, this is the fourth installment of Killer Mike and LP's duo Run the Jewels. They're back with some insanely wacky in-your-face bangers, some emphatic drum progressions, smashing 808s and synths and guitars. And these two just have so much charisma when they get on the mic. It's so catchy and memorable, especially the lyricism that they have. It's very clever and meaningful, and a lot of it is very politically charged on the entire album. It dropped right after, right around the time of the, the height, I think, of like the Black Lives Matter protests, so I think it, it was very timely in, in, a, in, a, in a year that was just you know so kind of... Um, 
you know, moved by a lot of these things and a lot of these issues. Uh, you know, Run the Jewels kind of just jumped right in at the right time and made sure that they made their mark uh, with this movement, with this Run the Jewels 4 project. The song Just with Pharrell and Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine was my favorite song of 2020. And a lot of the lyricism just kind of discussed about, you know, how we're essentially slaves, you know, to a lot of the influences and uh, really the people that run the country, like kind of the 1% that own basically everything and how we need to sort of try to create you know not only wealth but just independence for ourselves i also really loved the beastie boys sample on goonies versus et that's easily my second favorite song here i was surprised that i loved it the two chains feature as much as i did on out of sight and really everything that i love about run the jewels they did and successfully achieved on this album and i just i love every time they drop i feel like for me I feel like a lot of people in the hip-hop sphere you know, we just stop and we listen to Run the Jewels. We'll see what Killer Mike and LP have to say. They did not disappoint this time around. And it is one of my favorite albums, clearly, of 2020. My favorite songs here were Just, Out of Sight, Goonies vs. E.T., Pulling the Pin, and Never Look Back. And we have reached the top three. Coming in at number three is Dominic Fike with What Could Possibly Go Wrong. I only showed up to tell you everyone at this party's So Dominic Fike, listen, to answer your question, what could possibly go wrong? 2020. That pretty much went wrong. Dominic Fike is a Naples, Florida alternative hip-hop and pop artist. He, he really just kind of perfectly blends all three together, and vocally he's talented enough to make them all sound just so damn good. This is by far some of the best feel-good yet introspective music that you will hear from 2020. And Dominic Fike just achieves so much variety with this album. There's so many fantastic vibes and melodies that will just stick in your head. He ranges from punk-influenced jams to kick off the album like Come Here and Double Negative, which also includes some psychedelic rock influences. He has some acoustic ballad-style tracks like On Good Game and What's for Dinner, which particularly has some really nice hi-hats. He also can make synth-style hip-hop like on songs like Chicken Tenders, Superstar Shit, and Politics and Violence, the latter of the two being uh, much more like atmospheric versus politics and violence which had kind of a nice beat switch up and that song was the number uh, three song actually on my top 20 songs of 2020 which is kind of cool and then he can do alternative pop really nicely too like on songs like why and vampire instrumentally on a lot of these songs in this album the drums are kind of the driving force and thematically he talks a lot of, about a lot of various different things like his difficult upbringing his wrongful jail sentence difficulties with mental health and relationships it has a very teenage angsty feel, but it's also more self-aware and mature than a typical teenage angsty album that you might hear. You can tell he's pretty heavily influenced from artists like Frank Ocean or Brockhampton, obviously two of my favorite artists, as most of you know, that have been around the podcast for a while. And Dominic Fike was, I think, the most impressive artist that I heard this year. He this album was maybe one of my most played, maybe even more so than the top two. I just think artistically the top two I have in front of it a little bit better than this. But overall, this probably was my most played album from 2020. My favorite songs were Politics and Violence, of course, followed by Superstar Shit, Double Negative, Chicken Tenders, and Why. Dominic Fike coming in at number three. What could possibly go wrong? 
hopefully not 2021 dominic then you're gonna probably have to make another record you know maybe maybe a sequel potentially so but anyway number three you 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 deserve it big props to you and at number two we have joji with nectar Heavy like a Brinks truck, looking like I'm TikTok Shining like your wristwatch, I'ma grab your wrist Lock it down to the thing pop Can you stick around for a minute till the rain stop, please God Joji is a Japanese alternative lo-fi pop artist And really, Joji's sound is so proprietary in a genre That is really starting to become more popular And even a bit oversaturated But he still manages to stand out in a lot of different ways This album is filled with very luscious keys Melodic drum patterns that are just super hypnotic There's some great acoustic and psychedelic guitar chords and synths That are blended into a lot of the tracks and really, again, similar to Dominic Fike and actually a lot of the albums that you've heard, uh, there's a common little theme here where I like a lot. I like instrumental creativity. I don't like anything that sounds samey. I don't think this does, even though it sounds like cohesive enough, yet there's a lot of different types of vibes. And really, Joji is one of the most talented vocalists that I heard this year and really one of the most talented vocalists that I think is on this list besides maybe the number one spot. But he sings with a lot of power. He has this like like boom in his voice on some songs. But then he can switch it up and do like more soft falsetto delivery songs. And then it's really everything in between. I think a good song like Sanctuary, that shows off his range the most on this record. The intro, you is gorgeous. There's some really passionate and emphatic vocals from him here. The first half of the record features more like up-tempo and catchy tracks like TikTok. Give Me Love, Daylight, and Run, followed by the second half of the record, which features more slow and moody alternative R&B ballads like Normal People, Afterthought, Mr. Hollywood, and Like I Do. I thought High Hopes was a really great song on here uh, with Dom Apollo. There's a really awesome string sample and bass line on it. But Mr. Hollywood is the ultimate shining moment for me on this record. It actually was a top three selection for the top 20 songs of 2020. And of course, it's just one of the most beautiful songs of the year. The instrumental is stark with the 808s and drums, but then it has some nice fluttery keys and high-pitched vocal samples that give it great contrast, but just relays so much beauty, yet some also mystique to this song. And then he ends the record with like more of an upbeat EDM-style song like Your Man. I, I mentioned this about James Blake's Assume Forms uh, album from 2019, where it just kind of like takes you somewhere else mentally. Like sonically, you just... You hear it, and it just meditatively takes you somewhere else. And that's exactly how I feel about this record. I was never a huge fan of Joji until I heard this Nectar album, and now he has become one of my favorite artists, really, period. My favorite songs from the record were Normal People, Mr. Hollywood, Daylight, High Hopes, and Like I Do. Once again, Joji with Nectar, the number two album from 2020. But no album for me was better in 2020 than this one at number one the weekend with after hours For a very long time, The Weeknd has been one of my favorite artists. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one saying that. It is an absolute travesty that The Weeknd is not up for any Grammys this year for anything from this record. It is, I, I, I'm probably not, again, I'm probably not the only one saying this, but 
this is just by far for me the best album of 2020 i knew it right when i heard it after a couple of listens i was like this is a contender and then throughout the year it was number one because i just didn't there's nothing else i listened to that i liked better and as the year progressed just nothing knocked it off for me like the entire time that i was updating my list nothing seemed to beat after hours the production on this album is some of my favorite that i've heard in years it's so eclectic he does that 80s style synth pop neo soul thing going like michael jackson-esque nobody does it better than the weekend right now there's incredible catchy hooks and melodies and i love this album so much i actually dedicated an entire episode to it in our podcast i had my brother actually come on as a co-host because he loves the weekend so much too and we dove in and talked about this album for like close to an hour so if you want like an entire in-depth like track by track analysis breakdown like themes all that stuff go check out that uh, episode for sure but really this album for the weekend is just his struggle to accept the fate of his relationship with Bella Hadid and kind of coming to terms with a lot of the mistakes that he has made in this album he does take a lot of ownership for it but he does recognize that he has made so many of these mistakes so many different times he's a little unsure if he's going to get the forgiveness and really probably third or fourth chance that he probably doesn't deserve the title track after hours was my number two song of 2020 so it just it uh, just missed number one on on back-to-back episodes run the jewels just for me was just my favorite song from 2020 so it, it just missed the mark there but again for me probably the highlight on this record for me but i was flip-flopping there were songs like save your tears which i just i love those drums on that and just the melody that he's able to achieve there i loved a song like escape from la where he's talking about just the negative influence of hollywood especially on his mental health and the weekend just returned with a super vulnerable record i think it was his most vulnerable yet and again he's just kind of coming to terms with a lot of the errors of his ways and he just overall realizes he inevitably does need to change and that vulnerability and just kind of the themes he's discussing mixed with the sonic appeal to this uh this this album i just listened to it top to bottom non-stop this year it's still one of my most played albums now it's, it's probably been out for close to a year now that i'm actually recording this episode i believe it came out in like february or march so it was early 2020 and i'm still listening to this at a very high level in addition to after hours the title track my favorite songs from here were save your tears too late blinding lights and then escape from la the weekend just does it again and shame on the academy shame on the grammys for not giving this man his recognition that he deserves so if, you know what if the grammys won't do it i know we're not as big as the grammys by any stretch but we'll do it so number one after hours the weekend my best album from 2020 everyone i just want to thank you all so much for tuning into graduation 2020 to all four episodes congratulations to all of the selections and this was just like so much fun to do and i'm just again i'm honored to have this platform to be able to to do this and recognize the best music from 2020 not only just in the boston and massachusetts scene but nationally Uh, again i'm just a music head from outside the boston area and it's it's just for me it just a passion of mine to to talk about music and and share my favorite music it's something i've been doing for just a, a very long time really my whole life and it is you at home that listening that makes it possible for me to do this so once again thank you so much for everything uh graduation 2020 is officially concluded 
Uh, and we got a big 2021 coming, everybody. And so I just, again, please subscribe to our YouTube, to our podcast streaming services. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Turntable Teachers. Head to our website, www.turntableteachers.com. We got a blog up there. We got a store. We got a lot of different things going. And coming up, we have more guest speaker episodes. We got more album analysis episodes. We're going to have just more, going to be talking more album reviews and talking more about, you know, uh, music culture and the music industry. And I am just excited for what 2021 is going to bring next. So this is actually the third year. We're going into our third year of the of the podcast. So year two was incredible. Year two was better than year one. And I can't wait to see what year three brings. So once again, thank you to everybody listening. If you made it this far, I appreciate you more than I could ex- express. And I will see you guys next week. I am Mike with the Turntable Teachers. And class is officially dismissed. Turn, 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 turn.